0: to confirm to you that you chose wisely, and we're thankful that choosing wisely and going to God's house that you chose to come to Stratford Heights. We're thankful that you are here today to worship with us on this uh, Family Fun Fest day. It's a day we look forward to all year. As you can see, I am not pastor. Uh, Pastor Ray has really, uh, he's recovering, he's coming through, and we, we talked a little bit last night the best we could with the text and back and forth. And uh, he's really been through it, and he wants you to know that he appreciates your prayers, and the people have sent by uh, gift packages and different things to get to him, and, and he just wants you to know how much he loves you, and he appreciates you. And, and, and I tell you, it's painful for him not to be here today because he loves his church. He loves his community. And uh, so you can leave with that confidence today. If we could stand to our feet, I, I want us to... to to pray. I, I know we've prayed a lot this morning already, but before we get into the day's message, I'm I'm just reminded of the hurricanes and the and the tragedies that we've had throughout the world. Uh, it kind of hits home with us with our Esperanza ministry and some of those that have family in Puerto Rico and some of the devastation. I'm reminded of Las Vegas, of the tragedy there where one man walked into a facility and began to change the lives of so many people by acting out the way he did. And and there's people that are hurting, and I'm sure there's other things that that we're, we're maybe not thinking of. But I just want us to take a minute, and I just want us to pray if we could bow our heads. Dear Heavenly Father, God, we just thank you and we praise you for being able to come together in your house. And we're thankful, God, that you're a God that sees and you're a God that brings comfort. You're the God of all comfort, your word says, that you comfort us in that place and that time of, of our need, God. And we pray right now for those that have are in Puerto Rico, God, those that don't have the, the needs, the basic needs of food and water and maybe even shelter, God, we pray for them right now. We lift them up to you, God, as we even have members of our own congregation, God, that have went out there to try to bring resources. God, we just pray that you would anoint them, that you'd be with them, that you'd bring strength to them. God, we pray for those resources that they would get to the people that need them the most. God, that you would be with them. God, we just pray for the for the families of the victims in Las Vegas. God, we recognize the tragedy. God, we we try to wrap our mind around it the best we can, but God, only you know the pain and the and the and the wounds that those families are experiencing right now. God, so we lift them up to you right now. We pray that you would be with them. We pray that you would be bring strength to them, God, and even the, the shooter in that case, God, that you would bring comfort to his family, God, those that, that are, are just devastated by this act, God, we just pray for them, and, and God, we lift them up, and ultimately, we give you all the honor and the praise and the glory for it. In Jesus' name, we pray, and you can be seated this morning. As I begin to prepare for today, I, I, I didn't have a lot of time. Pastor Ray reached out to me and, and asked me if I'd be willing to help him out, and I said I would, and And the Lord quickly dropped something into my spirit and I just began to meditate on it and begin to think about it. And if I could put a title on this morning's message, it would be, It's in the Bloodline of the Family. It's in the Bloodline of the Family. You know, there's nothing like family. Today is our family fun fest, right? It's a time when our community and the families in our community, we all come together, our church family. Maybe you're visiting here today. Maybe this is the first time that you've walked inside our church walls today. I want you to know that you're home. Maybe you've been searching for something in your life to make a significant difference. Maybe there's that void, that, that void in your life, and you're not even sure what it is. You don't know what you need. You don't know where to turn. You don't know what decision to make next. I want to confirm to you that you're in the right place today, that this is the place. This is a place that you can call home. This is a place that you can get connected with your church family. And, and we're excited that you're here. I think about the times of, of just being together with family and even church friends over the years. I think about the term that we all hear in our culture, that blood is thicker than water. Has anybody ever heard that term? And, you know, sometimes we look at that and, and, and we think uh, of the importance of those people that are members of our family. You know, it's like a sibling. I've got a brother and me and him used to pick on each other often. He was a couple years older than me. And so we would kind of go back and forth. And when I look at that over the years, you know, I could do that to him and he could do that to me, but don't let anybody else step into that scene and begin to mess with one of us because I'm telling you, I would put my life on the line for him and he would put his life on the line for me. And and that's the thing that we see with this scenario of blood being thicker than water. I think about our church family. I think about the importance of a church family. I look across this room at Pastor Cam and RJ and I'm looking at Joe I'm looking at different ones that I promise you if somebody was to try to cause harm to them I would step in and I would take the bullet for them. I would do whatever I've got to do to protect them because I believe that blood is thicker than water. I believe that. I believe that spiritually today. Family is so important to God. I want you to know that today that family is is so important to God that the first thing God did, you can go back to the beginning of Genesis, and the first thing he did after he created man was he created Eve. And that represents the family. It was these two that shall become one, and he told them to be fruitful and to multiply. That's how important family is to God. It is safe to say that family is on the top of God's list for humanity. Today is Family Fun Fest. Our focus is on Family. We're so glad you're here. We want you to know, like I said, you're home. If we could put the scripture up for us, and if we could stand one more time before we get into the message, I want to just honor the reading of God's word. But in John chapter 19, verses 25 through 27, I want us to read these words that are going to set us up today for, for our message. And I'll be brief. I'm not going to be long-winded. I promise if you're hungry, you will be eating in hopefully about 30 minutes, maybe less. Pray for me. Maybe less. John chapter 19, verses 25 through 27. It says this Now there stood by the cross of Jesus his mother, and his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Cleophas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus therefore saw his mother and the disciple standing by whom he loved, that would be John the Beloved, he said unto his mother, Woman, behold thy son. And then he said to his disciple, Behold thy mother. And from that hour, that disciple took her unto his own home. Dear Heavenly Father, God, I pray over your word this morning. God, I pray over the power of your word that is described as dividing our soul and and our spirit, God, that gets inside us and does spiritual surgery and begins to discern our thoughts and the intents of our heart. God, I pray this be the place I decrease and you increase. God, I pray that you would touch every heart and every ear in this place. God, let your word come alive in us and let it speak to us this morning. Let us draw the encouragement from your word and the strength that your word provides. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. And you can be seated. We see the power of the gospel at work in this scripture. You know, one thing we want to say when you come to this church, and you'll see it when you pull into the parking lot, you'll see a large cross on top of this church. Everything that this church is about, I want you to be confident today that it points towards the cross, Everything that we strive to do, everything that we aspire to do, everything that we reach out to do, it, it points towards the cross of Jesus Christ. And when we look at God's word, we see that it's really no different. Everything in his word points towards the cross. When we look into the beginning of the scriptures, in the beginning of Genesis, we see that there was a, an issue that Adam and Eve had in the garden. There was a failure that took place. In the garden. Now we understand the Trinity was at at place there. So when we see the Trinity, and sometimes that gets confusing for us as church members and, and people that maybe aren't necessarily in the church, but the Trinity, I believe, can be broken down into three distinct purposes. Number one, the Father, the Father God initiates, the Son, He implements, and the Holy Spirit, He empowers. And it's important for us to see because I believe that they function in those separate roles. Yet those three are one and they bring about the plan of God. So we see here that uh, many of us will believe that the book of Acts kind of more portrays the New Testament church. But I want to challenge you today that when Jesus was on the cross, when he sat there and and he was already, his hands were pierced and his feet were pierced and there the blood was flowing for our redemption, I want to challenge you that this Description he gave John and he gave his mother, earthly mother Mary about her being his mother and him, John, being her son, I believe was the initiation of the church. I believe that he was implementing what the church would represent. Because he's connecting these two, even though they may not be connected through a physical bloodline, there's a spiritual bloodline that is at work in this moment. We see Adam and Eve, they're in the garden, right? From the beginning of time, we recognize that when they failed, sin entered into the life of humanity. From that point on, now every person that is born on this planet was born into sin with a sin nature. It would be in that place that Adam and Eve would begin to try to cover up their wrong, to begin to cover up what they had failed in. And in the process of that, they begin to cover themselves with fig leaves of the ground they begin to cover themselves with the fruit of the ground. Now, God come along, and God began to shed the blood of animals. And as he began to shed the blood of animals, he covered them with the skins of those animals. And what we see there and what began to play out from there all the way until the cross of Jesus Christ is that there was no forgiveness of sin without the shedding of blood. There, when you read the Old Testament, you read story after story, And it would appear to be a story of bloodshed after bloodshed after bloodshed. But this is what was required because sin requires an atonement. There's an atonement that must be paid for sin, and that is the shedding of blood. We see it from Moses all the way through King David who would carry out that process of of the blood of spotless animals being shed. And even the high priest, once a year, once a year the high priest would have to go beyond the veil to the Holy of Holies. And there he would make atonement for not only his sin, but for the people's sin. We understand that to be Yom Kippur, if you will, for the Jewish race. In Hebrews 9 and 6, this is what it says about that. It says, now when these things were thus ordained, the priest went always into the first tabernacle, accomplishing the service of God. But here we go. Into the second veil, basically, went the high priest alone once a year and not without blood which he offered for himself and for the heirs of the people. This year, Yom Kippur, it fell on September 30th, and, and we see that for that, for the Jewish culture, it is one of the most celebrated holidays they have. It, it represents a significant time of fasting and prayer, not, not only for them and their race, but for the coming of the Messiah. And it's interesting because their eyes have not been enlightened and open to the fact that Jesus was the true Messiah. When Jesus gave his life on the cross, we have to understand that everything changed in that moment. The veil the Bible describes was that the high priest could go beyond only once a year. They describe it as being approximately, when you look at what a cubit is, about 60 feet tall. And it was about four inches thick. And like I said, that priest had to be holy. And it was one time a year that he would go. And this is what we read in Matthew 27 and 51. It said, and behold... The veil of the temple was rent in two or rent in twain from the top to the bottom, and the earth did quake and the rocks did rent. Now, that happened at the moment that Jesus gave his life on the cross of Calvary. At the moment that Jesus is shedding his blood on the cross, it said that veil was torn in two. They said that you could tie teams of horses to each side of this veil, this curtain, and you could not tear it in two. Yet spiritually speaking in the moment that Jesus Christ was shedding his blood and at the moment that he's making a connection between his earthly mother Mary and his beloved John, his disciple John, he makes this spiritual connection with the church and in that moment he's shedding his blood. Now there's providing access for us to the Holy of Holies or the presence of God. Man, I tell you that's exciting when you see that. It's safe to say that when you encounter the cross you will be affected By Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ provided access on the cross of Calvary for all humanity to encounter his presence. Everything we do I've shared with you earlier, it it points to the cross. If if we invite you here to Family Fun Fest today and we don't point towards the cross, then we have failed. And like we said, we, we begin to plan nine months ago, and, and really I know that it starts uh, probably tomorrow for Pastor Mac. Pastor Mac will begin to process, and I think the text messages between him and Melissa and, and different ones with Pastor Cam will be, probably begin tomorrow as they begin to think about the things that went well and maybe the things they need to change and, and those things like that. But we recognize this, that if today does not point at the cross of Jesus Christ, that us as a church, we've missed our mark and we've missed our goal. We see that that's how important it is to us. I believe that you're here on purpose today. I don't know who you are. I don't know uh, if someone invited you. I don't know uh, how you walked through these doors today. But I can say with confidence, because I prayed for you, you are here on purpose today. Today is a significant day in your life. You may be visiting. Maybe you just came by for the festivities. But I can assure you that today you are here because God wants you here. In Romans 3 and 23, when we think of the foot of the cross, we can see that the ground is level at the foot of the cross. Sometimes in our culture, in our society, we begin to maybe rank ourselves by position or or where we're at in life. But I can assure you, spiritually speaking, at the foot of the cross, the ground is level, Matt. It doesn't matter how many accolades or how many initials and letters that you have after your name, at the foot of the cross, I'm telling you today, The ground is level for all of us. We all have this opportunity. In Romans 3 and 23, it says, For we have all sinned and come short of the glory of God. We talked about how Adam and Eve, by their compromise, it allowed each one of us now we get the gift of sin at birth. We're born into a sin situation. But that's okay. God has a way out for us today. Romans 6 and 23, it talks about the payment for that sin. It says, For the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. That price that Jesus paid on Calvary's cross, that connection that he made between Mary and between John, it it creates for us today eternal life. It creates for us today a bloodline that we can be connected to. Remember we talked about? the blood and how powerful the blood is and how blood is thicker than water. I'm telling you today, you can be connected to the one that holds your future. You can be connected to the one that knew you before you were formed in your mother's womb. I'm telling you today, God himself wants to come down inside your life and he wants to set up residency with you. And you will never be alone as you make decisions moving forward. I believe there's three things briefly I want us to look at as we encounter the foot of the cross today. I think there are three significant things. Now, there are many things that happen, and we could go down and theologically speaking, we could talk a lot about what happened in the moment at the cross that day. But there are three things this October day in 2017 at Family Fun Fest that we prepared for so often this past several months and getting ready for today. There's three significant things I want us to look at. And one, I believe that the new church, the New Testament church, it was birthed in that moment. I believe that this encounter that he had between Mary and John, the connection he he made between them, I believe, was him implementing the church. Now, I know theologically speaking, we look at that and we say, no, that happened in Acts. Remember I talked about I believe that the Holy Spirit is the one that empowers. And I believe what we see in Acts was what Jesus had implemented on that day that they received power for service in Acts. I believe that they received the power and the anointing that they needed to carry out that which God had initiated in the beginning. So here we see that that this is the place that I believe the New Testament church is birthed. There, Jesus, as he's shedding his blood and he's ordaining the relationships of the church, we understand in a new light that he's taking us beyond what is our natural boundaries we all have a mom, we all have a dad, We some of us have siblings in the room, but here he's taking us beyond what is the natural boundary and he's creating up this spiritual connection. So maybe you're here today, maybe you're a widower, maybe you're someone who you don't have a parent, maybe you're someone who at times feels isolated and alone, what I can tell you with confidence is that when you get connected to the bloodline of Jesus Christ, when you get connected to the church of Jesus Christ, that there is something significant that you will have in your life that you may not have coming into this place today because there's Power in the blood of Jesus Christ. There is a connection that you can have through His blood that will not only wash away your sins, but it will connect you to spiritual fathers and spiritual mothers and spiritual sisters and spiritual brothers that I'm telling you that's right, that will stand up for you and be there in your time of need. Amen. Amen. It's the bloodline that ultimately connects the family. We have access to God through the blood of Jesus Christ today you will have that choice to accept Christ and become part of the family of God. And we're so excited for that decision that you will have the opportunity to make. I believe, number two, at the foot of the cross, we encounter love. I think we encounter God's love at the foot of the cross. Because at the foot of the cross is where I believe Romans 5 and 8 comes alive, where it says that God commended his love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. I think of that soldier that they said when Jesus was there hanging on the cross, it said that he sat down and he watched him there. I believe that soldier began to contemplate what really took place in that moment because it's kind of like the Puerto Rico situation, Pastor Brian. Sometimes I can hear things on the news and it's like us hearing the word of God sometimes when it's being spoken and it doesn't come home to us like it should we had Christian and Grace over and as Christian many of you know this fine young couple in our church but as Christian began to share with me the pain and the agony of not hearing from his father and his family for over a week in Puerto Rico he would show me videos of what it looked like down the street where his parents lived and there was not much there I understood his pain. I understood what he was going through. And there was that connection in our bloodline that we have through Jesus Christ that I began to understand more of what he was feeling and what he was going through at that moment. And I believe that we need to understand that at the foot of the cross that something was significantly happening for the human race. God draws humanity with his love. I look into 1 John 4 and 8 and it tells us that God is love. Many of us, I, when you hear the word love, it may bring about all kinds of, of of memories and thoughts in your mind because sometimes with us falling into this fallen world or living in this fallen world, we, sometimes our view of love can be eschewed. Sometimes our view of love is almost like our bank account. We have a certain amount of it, and when it's over, that's all we have, and so we begin to look at those that maybe in our life that are most significant or maybe important to us, And we begin to divvy out the love we have until we don't have any left. Well, see, God's love doesn't work that way. Pastor Mike, when God's love looks at us and humanity, he looks at you, and his love loves you more than any other person on the planet. Melissa, he begins to look at you, and his love looks at you, and he loves you more than any other person on the planet. See, we don't understand God's love because our thoughts aren't his thoughts and our ways aren't his ways, but God's love... Because he is love, is all-consuming. And when he looks at you, he loves you with an undying love. We sang today about how he took our place on the cross. And when we see in this moment, when we recognize what he did on the cross, we have to understand that he was paying the price for our sin. We talked about the wages of sin was death. The gift of God was eternal life through Jesus Christ. He made it possible for each one of us to have our sins washed away. You're not here by accident. You think you walked in here maybe by an invitation. You think that you came by for the festivities, but I can tell you with confidence that God is pursuing you. God desires a relationship with you. God loves you with an undying love. You may say that there's circumstances that I'm dealing with and I'm going through and I'm here and I don't have answers and I don't know if this place has the answer and I'm here to tell you with confidence that God is is the answer. His love is the answer. I'm telling you, when you encounter, that's right, amen. When you encounter the cross of Jesus Christ, it will change you forever. It will change your perspective. It will change the way you see life. It will change the way you see people. It will change the way you see yourself. It will change everything about you when you encounter the love of God. The cross is the place where the ground is level for all of us. I think about God's love being commended toward me. I can remember being 7, 8, and 9 years old, and me and my brother would be picked up on a church bus way up on the north end of, of Dayton, up in Englewood, and they would drive us to a church in Dayton. I don't know if my mom and dad got a babysitter for the day or how that was viewed in those days, but we would get on a bus, and we would go all the way to downtown Dayton, and it was through that process that, that God was pursuing me in my life, Scott, and I began to understand who he was. He was commending his love toward me in that while I was yet a sinner, while I was going my own path, my own way, doing my own thing, doing what I thought was right, he encountered me. I remember this same bus driver, he, he knocked on the door, and he challenged my mom and dad. He said, you know, you keep bringing or sending these kids on this bus. He said, why don't you just bring them to church some Sunday? Why don't you come with them? My mom says, and she loves to tell this story. If she was here, I'm sure she would confirm every word of it. I've heard it almost as much as the heroina story that Pastor Ray tells us about. But in those moments, she said she felt such conviction over the course of that week to the point that her and dad had to be there that next Sunday. When they went, they went to a church. It was the Dayton Baptist Temple in the east side of Dayton. They stood there and at the altar call. The spirit of God was heavy on them, and mom says she went one way and dad went the other. Both of them went up front to give their heart to God, and in the process of that, neither one of them knew the other was down there. Until so they come back to their seat, and they realize that both of them went up, and from that moment forward, we had a Christian family. Amen. Amen. God drew me to him before I realized how bad I needed him. And that's the way his love works. Sometimes we stumble upon these opportunities to accept God, and we think it's just happen chance. We just think it just happened, and we just stumbled upon it, or we just answered an invitation, but I'm here to tell you with confidence that God is pursuing you, that he desires that relationship with you. His love, it is relentless today. John 14 and 6 says this, it says, Jesus said unto them, He said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life, and that no man comes to the Father except by me. Jesus is the one that initiates and draws us to the Father. He brings us and implements the plan of God. I think the third thing we find at the foot of the cross is destiny. Destiny is at the foot of the cross. See, we see at the foot of the cross, we look up, and we can recognize that there were two thieves, one on each side of Jesus. And in that moment, we have these two thieves that are or hanging there, their lives are weighing in the balance. And one of those recognized, Jonah, that there was something different about Jesus. He recognized he was the Messiah. And he looked at Jesus and he said, Jesus, when you get to your kingdom, will you remember me? And in that moment, Jesus looks at him and he says, today, today you'll be with me in paradise. I think about the story of Barabbas. I think that Barabbas was the first one to absolutely feel the freedom that Jesus was providing through salvation at the cross. It was him who Jesus took his place. Barabbas had a death sentence on him. But in those final moments of Barabbas' life, he realized that he was given freedom. And Jesus took his place. I believe this thief on the cross was the first one to really feel and experience the blood and the power that the blood had of Jesus Christ that was being shed on Calvary, because in those final moments, he was able to accept Christ. I, I'm reminded of a cousin I had that in his final moments, I had to go to his funeral, and I didn't know where he was at. I knew he was lost, and there was a history of drug addiction and drug abuse and things in his life. I knew that Rick had been to church many times, and we had shared uh, the gospel with him and he was even raised in church at a very young age and he had just fallen away about as far as you could fall and I was praying on the way to his funeral and, I, and, and the thing the Lord gave me was this scenario of the thieves on the cross and sometimes I think in our life is we begin to look at the way things have to be that it has to be in a church and it has to be in the right setting but what we have to understand is that we can accept Jesus Christ like that thief We can look at him, we can recognize he's the son of God, and by recognizing him and confessing that he's the way and he's the one, that brings salvation in our life. And we see that in that example that we have. We all have a choice today. Today is all about family. The question for us today in this place is, are you part of the bloodline? Is the power of Jesus' blood in your life thicker than water? Are you connected to him in the way that your sins have been washed clean and you've been forgiven. Jesus shed his blood and that makes it possible for us to be connected today. Through his blood we become family. It makes it possible for all of us in this place. Once accepting his forgiveness to have that blood applied to our life and bring about that blood connection. If we could come to the music I'm going to close. And I'm going to close with a story. I had a good friend of mine that a couple years ago had lost his life. He was at the age of 30 years old. Sean was a strong young man. I knew him for probably 12 years. I I knew him when he shortly got out of high school. I hired him at the place I used to work twice. He worked with me at City of Dayton. He worked for our family tree service. Sean was magnetic. He was a quiet young man, but yet he had a personality and a smile that would just just light up the room. He was strong and he was energetic. He was just a fine young man. I knew his parents and I knew his brother. His brother was the polar opposite. Howard, if he's listening online, he'll he'll confirm. Howard was the one that we had to keep an eye on, but Sean was the one that you just knew Sean was, he was going to be okay. Sean had become married, and he had a wife, and he had three kids. He bought the dream home on 11 acres of land and had a great job. He was a firefighter for the local city in which he lived. He worked for a local tree service, in my opinion, probably the best tree climber in Dayton, and he had it all. He, he had more money than a young man would ever want. He had more opportunity than most of us would probably ever be given in our lifetime. Sean had one flaw, if I could point it out. Sean confessed to be an atheist. Now, he spent a lot of time with me, and I shared the love of Jesus with him on more, more than one occasion. I would challenge his faith from the perspective of how can you climb a tree and recognize that you can cut on that and that thing grow back or it can drop a seed and reproduce after its own kind. How can you look at the visible things that God has created and, and fail to recognize that, that, that he exists? I try to challenge his intellect, intellect, and I just could not get through to him. We become disconnected the last couple years of his life. I had left that city and went to another city, and he had left our tree service and had started his own. He would check in with me from month to month and maybe every couple months he'd give me a call or I'd give him a call check in on him see how he's doing, he always sounded upbeat excited energetic, things going well, wife, three kids, great house great job, everything's going well I would have said outside looking in, Sean had it all together Sean had everything this life could ever offer a person I got the call one day call came and said, have you heard about Sean? I said, no, I haven't heard. Immediately went to his Facebook to see if there was any kind of signs, anything I was missing. He was, took a picture of himself probably a few hours before he died, and he was in all his climbing gear at his house on his farm. His comment was, It's too nice of a day to not climb a tree. He climbed for fun. He enjoyed it. It was painful. It was a punch to the gut for someone that he was a little older than my daughters, and I loved that boy. I loved his family. I shared the love of Christ with him. I couldn't understand how it ends this way. Went through the viewing. To be there to bring comfort to the family, to pray with them. I found myself. I told Angie, my wife. I said, I've got to go to this memorial service. I, I don't know what it is. I, my schedule doesn't allow me to take off very much. And I said, I've got to clear my schedule. I've got to be there. I, I don't know what it is. I have to be at this memorial service. So I was there. When I went there, the entire fire department. There were fire trucks and ladders, and there were banners and. The place was packed, and it was running with people, family, friends. People were hurting. It was painful. The community, it took a, a hard strike. People began to get up and stand and say what they knew of Sean. I stood up. I had words to say. The local fire chief had words to say. His platoon sergeant had words to say, and they were great words. They were words of accolades, and they were words of, of his strength and his encouragement and his integrity and his character. He was a loved young man. And I'm saying, how is this possible? At the end of the service, his father-in-law come up to the podium a lot like I'm standing here today. And he began to share the words that changed everything for me in that moment. He said that uh, Sean was struggling. And he said, I I knew, and he had to get there. And he said, so I pulled up in his house. His dad pulled up at his house. He said, when we pulled into the driveway, we heard the gunshot. He said, I went up to the door, and I knew I had to get to him. He said, the door was locked. There was no way in. And he said, I literally kicked the door down to get to where Sean was. He said, when I got to him, I walked into the room, and he looked at me, and he said, Carl. And I said, Sean, this is his father-in-law speaking. He said, Sean. He said, you're hurt, buddy. He says, I I don't know if you're going to make it. He said, you're you're hurt. He said, I've got to know, Sean, do you know Jesus? Sean said, no. He said, do you want to know him? And he said, Sean said, yes. And in those next final moments of Sean's life, his father-in-law led him in the sinner's prayer. That's right. Thank you, Jesus. It changed my perspective in that moment. It changed everything for me. I knew why I needed to be there that day. I know it may be selfish, but when we lose people, sometimes we have to know how it works. We have to know, did that person have the opportunity did they make their peace did, and sometimes we just have to trust God sometimes we're left with not knowing and, and I know we live life that way I've got many people that have exited this life and on the other side of eternity and I'm left with the comfort of knowing with Sean's story that God will do everything he can do to get to us in our final moments if he has to kick the door down to get to where you're at he will get to you in your final moments I'm telling you it's a choice and in that final moment Sean made his choice he accepted Jesus Christ into his life it was difficult a very difficult day I left that memorial service and I immediately called our pastor Ray had been praying with me and he knew that I was struggling and he said after I told him the story and our pastor any of us that spend any time with him know, as the best I could tell you that story, he can always pull one more thing out that you miss. And as I begin to share with Pastor and, and everything that had happened in the way, and I was so excited I was on cloud nine, not because he had lost his life, because there was a wife and there was three kids and there was a family that was hurting. But what I understood in that moment that this life is so short compared to eternity, Pastor Cam did something back in our youth room and he had a rope that was about 100 feet long. He took 12 inches of that rope and he said, this is your life on this planet. This is what you pour all your stock into. This is what you pour all your decisions into. This is everything that you will ever live on this side of eternity. And that other 99 feet is eternity. And sometimes we put so much stock into what we have in the here and now that we miss the importance of eternity. As I was talking to Pastor Ray, he said, you know why he said Carl? (laughs) I said, no, Ray, I don't know why he said Carl. He said it so you can walk the rest of your life with the confidence and knowing that when he said that prayer, he could recognize people and he was in his right mind and he knew the decision that he was making in his final moments. Amen. And that's where we're left today. We're left with understanding that in in God's word, it says this in Romans 10 and 9, that if you shall confess the Lord Jesus with your mouth and believe in your heart that God hath raised him from the dead, like that thief on the cross, or like Sean in his final moments, the word says that you shall be saved. And that's it. We make it harder than it needs to be. Today you can be part of the bloodline of the church, part of the bloodline of Jesus Christ. If we would all stand to our feet, I want to give an invitation on this Family Fest Sunday. An invitation for you to become part of the family. Today you're here and the question remains, are you part of God's family? If you're not, not, you can be today. I believe that God is pursuing you. I believe that he is pursuing you with an undying love, with a love that brings us to a decision. Now, your story may not end like Sean's. Your story may be that today is that decision. I don't know. None of us knows what today or this afternoon or tomorrow will hold. And so we have to go with what God's word said and his word says that today is the day of salvation. And so that's where we're at today. With every head bowed and every eye closed in this place, I want to I give out an invitation. An invitation for you to accept Jesus Christ into your heart and into your life today. If you've never accepted him or you want to accept him, all we're going to do is a corporate prayer throughout this entire congregation. We're going to turn your seat into an altar. You're going to be able to accept him into your life today. If you need Jesus in your heart and in your life, I just want you to simply, with no one looking around and every head bowed, just simply raise your hand. And by you raising your hand, God bless you, God bless you, God bless you, God bless you, God bless you. By raising your hand, once you put it up, God bless you, you can put it down. You're simply just saying that you're a sinner in need of a Savior, and you recognize that Jesus Christ is that Savior, that He paid the price for you by Signifying that, you're just saying you need him in your life. Everything's going to shift. God bless you. Everything's going to shift in your life. Everything's going to change in your life. Everything from this moment forward is going to be different because you are going to be part of the bloodline of God's family, and blood is thicker than water. With every head bowed, every eye closed, we're going to say this prayer, but I'm waiting on somebody because I know that God has confirmed to me that he has kicked a door down into somebody's heart today. He has orchestrated this day for you. He has brought you into his house and he's been pursuing you. He desires that relationship with you. If you're here and you need God and you need Jesus in your life, I'm going to wait just a few more seconds for you to raise your hand in that acknowledgement for him. All right, we have many that have raised their hands. I think I've lost count, but We're going to usher them, church, to the throne of God. I want everybody to grab a hand of the person next to you. We're going to say a corporate prayer. Now, I want you to understand that repeating these words mean nothing if they're just words repeated out of your mouth. It's something that not only comes out of your mouth but has to come out of your heart. It has to be something inside of you that you say, I'm tired of living the way that I've been living and I'm ready for this change. I'm ready for the power of Jesus Christ and his blood to come into my heart and my life and bring transformation and change from this moment forward in my life. And if you mean that with all of your heart, these words bring transformation in your life. Repeat after me. Jesus. I am a sinner in need of a Savior, and I recognize that you are that Savior today. I realize that you died on a cross for me, that you shed your blood for me, that you rose on the third day for me. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. To wash me clean of all my past wrongs. To adopt me into the bloodline of Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 Give the Lord glory. Give Him glory. Amen. Amen. I'm going to say a quick prayer over us and I'm going to turn it over to Pastor Mac. Dear Heavenly Father, God, we just thank you. And we praise you for this day. We thank you for these that have given their hearts to Christ this morning. God, we pray that powerful prayer of encouragement and strength over their life. God, they're home today. They're in your house, and they've been adopted into your family. They are part of the bloodline of Jesus Christ. And from this moment forward, they will never live another day alone on this planet because they have the family of God that they are connected to. God, we thank you for them. We pray, God, as we celebrate their lives and their rebirth today, God, into the kingdom of God, we pray that you'd be with them and bring strength to their life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Before I turn it over to Pastor Mac, Pastor Melissa, if you'd raise your hand. This is our discipleship pastor, among many things that she does in this church. If you gave your heart to God today, I want you to understand that when we talk about family, nobody's going to help you like your family, right? Nobody's going to be there for you like your family, right? So it all starts with getting connected. Because if you're disconnected from the family, it's hard to get the benefits of the family. So Melissa's going to be the one to plug you into that. We're not going to bombard you. We don't want your money. We don't want all that. All we want to do is help you. We want to help you. We want to come alongside you in this journey of your walk with Jesus Christ. Thank you. Amen. I would...